Welcome to Random Gaming Toolkits Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How's it going? Well, if I had to sum up my existence in three simple words, it would be my timing sucks. So obviously I've been gone from the podcast last week because I had to move and um, that was a whole drama in and of itself because I get my furniture moved in, which by the way, I decided to move. I got, well, I didn't decide I had to move because the house I was running got sold, but I moved in a month where 20 of the past 25 days had been over 90 degrees over 31 C for those people playing in the UK. I get my furniture in my apartment and I can't get my internet for a week. Uh, my internet guy finally shows up and it turns out the giant networking port which is there right there on the floor with wires coming out of it, is in fact not where the internet is coming out of. They have to move all my furniture to find the blank faceplate that looks like literal nothing. Oh, like, oh yeah, it's coming out of here. So after they get the internet set up, I have to rearrange all of my furniture, again, in all this oppressive sweaty heat. Um, And so that was a giant load of fun, let me tell you. but yeah, that's kind of my life for the last couple of weeks. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, but everything's good now? Uh, yeah. For the most part. I'm probably going to have to rearrange my furniture again. Uh, just because I kind of slapped it together to make sure that it worked and was fine and we could record. But I just don't like the layout. Everything is just kind of in a weird spot. Of course, since I moved and I'm not home a lot for because of work... 80% of what I own is in uh, plastic travel tubs right now, so... Hmm. All right. All right. Okay. Um, not been good in the last week. Uh, I kind of came out on uh, Thursday. When was it? Thursday last week? Time goes too quickly. Um, so that was uh, a big kind of life-changing thing and stuff. I'll mention the, the podcast I did for that in the housekeeping and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's been a bit eventful for uh, everybody. I mean, Twitch also... Uh, Twitch. Uh, Bex also made a Twitch partner very recently as well, so congratulations to her. So I guess uh, things are happening to almost all of us, which is mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. So, um, but uh, cool. All right. Um, so what have you been? Uh, have you had a chance to play much in that time? <laughs> yeah, I got a little bit of gaming, and before I moved, I got a, a little bit of time into twelve minutes. Um, that game we talked about a few times. Uh-huh. Um, I'm equally impressed and infuriated with the game. I'm impressed because it has, even though it's a, a very top-down, very minimalistic graphic look, it's got great production value, of course, with the voice cast that they have. It's kind of tough not to. Um, but I'm equally, equally uh, frustrated with it because everything's on a, to- a fixed time, like a hard fixed time sequence with some things. And so I'm not going to spoil the game too much, but it's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure. You know, we go to page 27, go to page 39. Problem is, is that you got very limited limited time to do anything before like time events trigger. So I got to the right before I moved and lost my internet. I got to the point to where I got my you know you play as James McAvoy's character. I got to the point to where I could get my wife to finally admit and confess something, and she just like started pouring her soul out and just sobbing like crazy. But then the timer clicked and Oh, look the door. It was like that hard of a shift. Just like, 
I, I can't believe I just told you that. Oh, look, somebody's at the door. You know, very high school production-ish kind okay. of stuff. Okay. Um, when I didn't have my internet, I actually got back into my Switch uh, because that is something that I can play without internet. So I tried to get back into uh, Breath of the Wild. I get why so many people just gush over the game. I just wish I could love it more than I do. And this is somebody that coming from somebody that like played so much of all the original NES and SNES Zelda games. Like I like played them practically to, till the cartridge fell apart. And I just can't get into this one as much as I want to. Okay. What what kind of issues are you having with uh Zelda? Um I think it's just the lack of direction with everything. Like there's there's some things that don't need to be open world, which is ironic considering Zelda I think was like one of the first what you would consider an open world game. Mm-hmm. Um but you know just finding like a random tower and then just trying to get lucky with the scouting to find the temples that you're supposed to go to and all the back and forth and the constant weapon breaking it doesn't matter how good or what quality the weapon is, you get, you know, maybe 10 hits with it and then it's gone. Um, utterly frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, really haven't had the ability to play games, but those were kind of my big two, so. Okay, okay. That's pretty cool. Uh, no, I've not, had, I've not had a chance to play uh, 12 minutes yet. Um, I did finish Cyberpunk. I think you were on my stream when I... Um... For a did, little bit, yeah. The ending, yeah. That uh, you joined in like right at the very end. So, uh, you, you did you see the ending that I got? No, I did, I saw that you you said you were close to the ending, so I I clicked off because I didn't want it spoiled because I do want to play that at some point. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to spoil the ending that I got, but I'm very very happy with what happened in the story. Um, yeah, I I already did a review, which is like. How long was the review? Like 45 minutes or something. Obviously, that's a spoiler-free and the spoiler section. Uh, so it's got those two parts stitched together. Uh, but no, I'm, I've ultimately walked away from the game happy. Knowing that obviously it could have been better. But knowing that some of the gameplay that I've seen online is much, much worse than what I experienced. So I kind of consider myself a bit more of a lucky one. In terms of the the weird like roll of the dice that this game has got. Uh, in terms of like, okay, you start it up and you're not quite sure how well the game is going to run. Obviously, it's being actively patched, so it's a it's a it's a strange kind of one to re- to review and everything. But uh, I did the best I could with my experience that I had with the game. Uh, I also just just throughout my entire playthrough, I kept expecting things to get worse in terms of the performance of the game, and especially as I was playing on base PS4. And was told repeatedly that that was the worst place to play the game. Which I would still argue is Stadia. Because Stadia can cut out at any second. Because it's like, you know, you're streaming the game. Uh, especially when you're streaming a game that's that demanding as well. You'd need some very, very good internet to uh, to do that. I think. But uh, no, it feels like I got the better roll of the dice. Um, but I- I'll say as well. like If you've had one of the experiences that I've seen with the game. Which is where you have like weird glitches and bugs and stuff i'd understand if you didn't like it but that didn't happen to me so i did like it um but because uh, i've spoken online about the game in different areas and people have been like oh how, how how can you say that you enjoyed this game and it's bad but if the if the version of the game that i experienced is better than the one that you experienced and i'm i'm gonna by default enjoy the game more 
Um, but uh, I did end up buying it actually in the end just because I want to keep it a bit more long term. And I didn't want to have it on my rental thing every month like using the space and stuff. Um, but no, I, I, I said plenty in my review so you can go and check that out if uh, if you'd like to. So uh, what did you think of what you'd like seen from me streaming? Yeah, it's you're definitely getting to the hang of the point where the, you're getting more comfortable being on stream. That's one of the hardest things I've seen pretty much any streamer go through when I go through um, one so people that are just like starting to get up in that is being able to interact with chat for one and then to monologuing when you're trying to play games at the same time. That gets really, really difficult. Um, but it's one of those things that you just got to do it more. Mm. Um, I remember... Uh, I, I can't remember which director said it, and it's going to kill me because I know that person. It's a, that nobody can teach you how to be a director. You just direct until you get the hang of directing. Mm. And I got to figure that's kind of the way with being a streamer. It's like nobody can teach you how to be a streamer. They can teach you OBS and overlays and things like that. But in terms of when you actually get the broadcast going, you just got to do it until you, until you get comfortable with it. So. Mm. It's definitely easier when you've got a game where there's a lot of things going on because one of the things that you don't want to happen is you get stuck on a game, you don't know what to say and then you're thinking like you don't know what to do, you don't know what to say about the situation, you can't get out of the gameplay loop that you're in but I never got stuck. There was always something to do in Cyberpunk so I was always moving forward and I usually had something to say about what was going on uh, whether it was like the character saying something and me reacting to what they were saying um, I suppose the diff- one of the difficult parts is if, if a character says or does something and you want to react to it and then a- another character starts speaking you don't want to be you don't want to be talking over the dialogue but like if I'm driving around the open world I'm in my supercar or whatever or I'm in combat and I'm shooting people then you can talk for those moments and stuff uh, so yeah I-, I guess I'm getting more of a hang of it but like I said it, for-, for me just for my experience it really does depend on what game you're playing so yeah, uh, and just go to your favorite streamer that, you know, isn't like somebody that's got like, you know, 50,000 views a month, but somebody that has like, you know, a couple hundred viewers. Just go back through their VODs and look at like some of their first or second ones, or if a lot of those pe- people have it up on YouTube as like an archive. Uh, just go back to some of that early stuff and see, you know, they're all nervous to begin with. They're all trying to figure out what the hell am I supposed to do with this thing. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but I've moved on from that for now because I needed to kind of finish the game and move on a bit. I am playing Tomb Raider 1, the 1996 version, on the PlayStation 3. And let me tell you that the PlayStation 3 store, I, I did talk about this last week on the uh, the solo episode, is a particularly strange one. And the main reason it's particularly strange is if you go on the PlayStation store on your PS3... And you search for a game, or you you click on any game, or you search for any game. There is no, you know, usually when you click on a game on like the Xbox Store or the PlayStation Store, and it it gives you a price, and then trailers, and then like you know the game rating and all that kind of main stuff. It still gives you that, but there's no like add to basket option. There's no like price thing to click on. What you do is you click on the game. And then just press X again. You'll be you'll be highlighting the button that says overview. You click on that. It adds the game to your checkout or basket, whatever. Then you go to your checkout and then you see how much the game is. Uh, you you can't see how much the game is if you just search for it 
Uh, if you go to like listed games, you can see how much those are. But um, it's a it's a very weird one. Almost a point where because I kept trying to scroll down to overview and clicking on it, nothing was happening. And I posted in like some Reddit groups, and they were like, "Yeah, you got to just click on it without like highlighting it." So it's a uh, it's it's very strange because I was kind of I was really in the mood to play the Tomb Raider game. And uh, I couldn't click on it, couldn't add it to the basket, and I was like, the store's broken, I can't buy this game. I was getting a bit annoyed. Uh, but then somebody just told me, just just click on it, like, just click on the game twice, basically, and it adds it. But I got it added. Uh, I'm really enjoying it, Tomb Raider 1. It's the uh, the 1996 version. It's basically a port of the PS1 game. Uh, the thing I was annoyed by initially, but I've gotten used to, is when you go into the settings and go on controller settings, you get the option for analog and digital. Obviously, analog is for using the analog stick. Uh, so when I started moving around in the game first, it was with the the D-pad, and the D-pad on the PS3 just like the, on the PS the DualShock 3 just isn't that great. But I kind of just adjusted to it and I got sort of used to it. Um, it's interesting looking at that game. That that game's very particularly known for its difficult. Um, like platforming and stuff because you will just like miss ledges and uh, jump on the wrong things i find that a really interesting challenge with the controls and the gameplay because there's there's not a lot going on in tomb raider one it's basically you navigate to the next area by climbing through whatever you need to and then shooting different animals or bats or whatever the, the occasion may be um and then you find your next treasure and then you pick up things like the med kits along the way uh, at the moment, I keep finding magnum ammo and shotgun ammo, but I don't have a magnum or a shotgun, so I'm assuming I'll find that later. Um, and I'll go. I, I've got a podcast coming out later. I've scheduled it for tomorrow, talking about graphics. And I've I've talked on this show before how I feel about graphics and things. Uh, the game doesn't look good, Tomb Raider one. But as I've said before, I don't care about any of that. Uh, as long as I can see what I'm doing, which I can see what I'm doing, because obviously it's a twenty. Five-year-old game, yeah, 1996, 2021. Uh, it's a 25-year-old game, and uh, it's the point to me that's the most interesting is the, if you want to call it tricky or the challenging uh, platforming and figuring out like, okay, how do I jump onto that ledge? And um, one thing I really like about it as well, actually, with most games, you'd climb up to a ledge, and then when your character's hands reach the ledge. They'll grab on automatically and pull themselves up. With this, you press and hold square. You either jump backwards or forwards or jump just upwards, whatever you need to do. So you press and hold that, wait for her to jump, and then you press and hold X. X is sort of like your grab button. Well, it's, your, it's your action button, but it's basically your grab button. So it's sort of like this additional kind of like interaction, which I find really interesting. I guess Assassin's Creed kind of did that to a degree. Uh, although with Assassin's Creed, you can basically press R1 and X and up, and then you'll just climb straight to the top so um but it's interesting actually with, with how kind of like square everything is including like laura's head because uh, that's like the, the the blocky sort of character models how they've turned out on ps1 same thing happens in metal gear solid one Every, everything ever everything's kind of just like big squares um with how sort of literally flat the edges are it makes traversal interesting as well because you're not you're not really jumping on anything that's sort of circular or anything like that to grab onto certain ledges um you got any thoughts on tomb raider one did you ever play it or anything i honestly don't remember i remember when that was a big <laughs> thing when it came out um as for the extra button and not having to do that anymore that's just kind of the evolution 
of game and game controllers. Um, but you see that a lot with older games. You're like all the stuff that you take care of for, you know, you take it for granted in terms of like, oh, I jump and climb with the same button or something like that. That's just part of evolution and things, you know, people are like, hey, there's a better way to do this. Hey, there's a better way to do that. Um, as for the actual store thing that you were talking about, that actually used to be a thing on the Xbox store before uh, Microsoft could fully integrate the backwards compatibility for the 360 and the OG Xbox into the, the one platform. You would have that to where it would not show the price of a backwards compatible game until you actually got ready to purchase it. So, hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's it's one of the things where like I don't think I've felt as much tension in this game from simply doing a jump of like if I don't make this, I might fall to my death and have to restart from the checkpoint. So um, you're breathing on the mic a little bit, by the way, uh, just to let you know. <laughs> that's not me that's the air conditioning kicking on really yeah oh, it's okay. it's super loud all right okay um but uh no i've never felt so much tension from like okay gotta run forward gotta run straight gotta press square at just the right time so i don't jump too late and she falls off and don't jump too early to where she doesn't make the jump and then as she's jumping remember to hold the x button so she holds her arms out and grabs the ledge and then grab the ledge and then pull up ledge it's it's uh it's uh it's really fun i'm really really enjoying it quite a lot um but uh yeah the, the other thing i really like about it as well is so basically there's there's i mean there's music now and again with with certain things but for me it's the way where you start a level right and there's no sound right because there's you're in these caves there's nobody with you in the caves or whatever and you start walking forward and all you can hear is laura's footsteps and that creates a bit of like interesting because it's not really a horror game i wouldn't describe it as that but it's sort of this just like tension within this survival game like this action kind of survival game and you start walking forward all you can hear is laura's footsteps and then you see like your first corner you go to stop walking and you turn around you still can't hear anything and it's like you don't know if a tiger's gonna come out and get you if a bear's gonna come out and get you if you're gonna start hearing the squeaking or whatever of bats and they come out um but one thing that's a bit telling with that is because you can press triangle to equip or unequip your pistols and you can't climb with pistols in your hand because you know she needs her hands to hold the pistols um and there's certain a certain animation that Laura does when if you run forward and then let, let's say you stop and you think okay there might be an enemy so you pull your guns out there's nothing to climb on at the moment so you pull your guns out and then usually if there's nothing to aim at she'll stand straight and then she'll pull put she'll aim the pistols up in the air with like her elbows bent sort of thing and then there'll be an animation she'll do where she auto locks onto a target if Laura's sticking her arms out forward and like slowly pointing them in a direction you know you've got an enemy to deal with and i i just really like that sort of sense of uh of tension i think it's quite cool so but uh, it's interesting how that fits into the game when again it's not it's not the same thing as like resident evil where you can kind of hear a zombie around the corner or something and you're you're readying yourself it's the effect of having no sound and you don't know when something's going to pop up so uh it's uh it's really good so and again this is a game that's 25 years old and it still holds up with all of those things uh and yeah now and again you know i'll miss a jump and i'll get laura injured or whatever and it'll be frustrating or i'll I'll not quite know what to do but that's part of the challenge of figuring that stuff out and uh i really like it so 
uh, there we go. Uh, right, that's all the stuff we want to talk about in terms of the things that we're playing. Let's get into the housekeeping in a minute, and then we have quite a bit of news to talk about with uh, everything that went on recently. So, see you in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're get, getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion, we can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, I got the United cast episode for this week. Man United beat Wolves by one goal to nil. Uh, Sounds, you know... You look at uh, something like a 1-0 and you think it's a good result, but uh, again, we just didn't play well in the game. There's lots of different reasons, I won't get into them here, but it was sort of like a snatch and grab. Uh, Mason Greenwood scoring the winning goal. Uh, I can't believe how talented he is at 19 years old. It's, uh, it's really, really good for uh, his future. So, But there is an international break, which is annoying. Uh, Man United return on the 11th of September to play against Newcastle and Cristiano Ronaldo will be hopefully making his second, I guess, debut for Manchester United. He's returned home uh, to to the red side of Manchester. He is back. Cristiano Ronaldo is back. He might be 36, but he's probably better than most players that are younger than him. So uh, there's that. So we'll talk about that as well. Uh, Like I said, my review for Cyberpunk 2077, I gave it a don't skip. I don't really think I can give it a must play because of the performance aspects of the game. But I would say it's one that's worth... Not skipping, hence the don't skip rating. Uh, the game's probably a bit cheaper now than what it was at launch, so if you want to go and find it, you can probably find it a little bit cheaper on certain platforms. Uh, the American Coach for Ted Lasso Season 2 Episode 6, which I said was the best episode of the series, not just the season, but the series as a whole. That continues on Fridays on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, 
Monsters at Work is still continuing on Disney+. Plus. Uh, that's season 1, episode 9. The season finale gets released tomorrow. It is Wednesday tomorrow, right? Yeah. Uh, season finale is released tomorrow. That will be season 1, episode 10. So I'll talk about the season finale episode tomorrow. Uh, speaking of Wednesdays, Walking Dead is back for its 11th season. Season 11, episode 1 is the newest episode. We'll be talking about episode 2 tomorrow as well for the final season of The Walking Dead. So that's Walking Dead podcast. Uh, I did a podcast that was simply called Discussing the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. I don't think I need to explain what that is because it's explained in the title. Uh, talking about various different parts of the trailer. Uh, if you're still interested in the Gaming Talk episode from last week, I talked about Cyberpunk 2077. That was before I finished it. Talked about Tomb Raider, a bit of my first kind of impressions of playing that game. And also talked about, uh, I didn't quite continue it, but I'm going to continue it later. I'm going to start, uh, well I've already started it, so I talked a bit about that. Uh, I'm going to do another run of The Last of Us 2, and this one is a permadeath per chapter uh, grounded run of the game. So I talked about the early goings of that. Did a podcast talking about uh, breaking down Marvel's upcoming TV and film slate, and I mentioned everything that you can think of for TV and film, going all the way to things like Blade, all the far out TV shows, the ones that are happening now, the multiverse storyline, all that kind of stuff, and uh, Shang-Chi, which is coming out like this week or whatever. So I uh, talked about all of that as well. Uh did a bonus episode for the United cast called The Curious Case of Donny van der Beek. He was purchased a year ago. He played half of the Premier League games last season. Or started four of them and was subbed on 15 times. So he literally only played half of the Premier League season. Manager doesn't seem to use him. We've played three games so far this season. He's not played a single minute so far this season. Apart from pre-season but you don't really count that. Uh, so what's going on with him? Seems like a good player when he plays, but the manager keeps putting him on the bench, which is why I chose a picture of him on the bench, because that's where he spends most of his time. So uh talked about that and just kind of what the hell is going on there. Uh, Batwoman did a podcast wrap-up for season two. Uh, there is going to be a third season, but I won't be returning for it. So uh, that was the last Batwoman podcast. So for the end of season two is a podcast wrap up uh that's everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org you can also find us on podcast platforms by searching for entertainment talk let's get into some news Alright, so let's start off with uh, something that looked a little bit different. We had a GamesCon uh, showing last week. Um, let's just talk about that in general. What did you think of the general GamesCon show? It was, what, two hours or something? Uh, from yeah, Jeff Keighley again. Uh, what did you think of it? Unfortunately, I wasn't able to catch a whole lot of it live because I didn't have internet at the time. So I've only caught a recap of some of the games that I'm interested in. <clears throat> They did reveal at Gamescom that a game that I had played as part of a closed beta, New World, will be getting an open beta from September 9th to the 12th. So if you're curious about the game but don't want to pre-order it, then you can get through it that way. Uh, there was no announcement if there's going to be a server wipe after the open beta like they did with the closed beta. You can't even launch it right now. Um, I liked the game. It had a bit of like. EverQuest 2 back in the day, kind of a vibe with 
the graphics, but a little bit better and uh, things like that. So it'll be curious to see where that goes. They also did the full trailer for or uh, that on which is coming out next month. Um, I played a ton of that game. Uh, they're just adding more stuff to it, so I'll definitely check that out a little bit. Uh, they also announced that Medieval Dynasty that I had been playing, um, the official release date for that 1.0 official launch is going to be September 23rd uh, with a whole lot of new features to it. So my next month in gaming is super busy right now. Cool, cool. It's good. Um, yeah, a few things I wanted to go through. Uh, something that looked a little bit different that kind of piqued my interest in it a little bit more. I was already going to play this game, but it looked a bit different. Uh, Star Wars Lego, the uh, Skywalker Saga, which is all nine films. Um, they've done something different with this game. I, 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 It feels like, I mean, they got a bit more of a sort of like, instead of this almost bird's eye view kind of thing, they've sort of like tilted the camera right downwards. Uh, almost as if it's like a third person game slightly uh it just looks like a little bit of a different change for or, or a little bit of a change for the lego games uh and they had more like voice acting and stuff which was good because i tried playing some of the um harry potter lego games and they just do the little lego mumble thing and it wasn't really very like interesting uh but i'm gonna play this game uh i think they delayed it till was it spring 2022 which is a bit annoying uh, but no, I think it looks like a bit of an interesting, different change. I I do feel like those. I mean, I re I used to really like a lot of the Lego games. I d I didn't ever play them for like collecting all the characters. I just went through the story, and enjoyed it that way. But the Lego games needed a bit of a shake up, I think. Um, and I don't know if this will be exactly what the Lego games needed, but it, it looked a little bit different. Um, not just because of like the the perspective of the game, but it just looked. I don't know. Something about it looked a bit better. Uh, what did you think? Did you did you see any of that? I didn't see it. Um, I've said it a few times over the course of the podcast that I'm not a biggest the biggest fan of the Lego games. I have nothing against them. It's just there's so much grind in those games. Mm. Like you just got to do it over. If you try to hundred percent it, you got to sink so much time into it. And I've never been fan of any kind of a job of any kind of a game that feels like it's a second job or a third job. Only yeah. you're paying to do it. Um, but I know you're a big fan of those games. I have a couple of cousins who have kids that are big fans of those games. So I'm not going to crap on it. It's just one of those things that it's not going to be in my wheelhouse for anything I pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I see. I don't try and like 100% them or anything. I just go through the story. So there we go. Uh, something I wrote down. I meant to talk about this a long time ago. Um, there was a new gameplay thing for Stray. Um now I'm going to compare this to another game, which I think is a, is a fair comparison. Did you ever play that game? I think it was called Dog's Life or something. It was on PlayStation Two. Do you know what one I'm talking about? I think I know what you're talking about, and no, I never played it. I, I vaguely just remember seeing like a preview for it. Okay, that was a it was a fairly interesting game. I mean, it, it explains itself. You were living the, a dog's life, and you were doing all the normal kind of stuff. Uh, I think it was like a narrator as well, or it was like the dogs narrates itself or I, I can't remember exactly. it's been a long long time since i played it i actually want to go and play that now now that i think about it so uh, i might see if i, I might see if i can get that because i i do want to actually go back to it because uh it's i i can't remember if i fully finished it but it's been so long that it will be re uh, worth uh, kind of revisiting and stuff this looks like if you took that idea changed it to a cat obviously a cat can do 
arguably different things it can climb more and that sort of stuff uh and you put it in more of a not like a cyberpunky sort of thing but a bit more of like a dystopian future type of thing with like these humans that have done robotic things to themselves like their faces are different that kind of thing um yeah and it's interesting coming away from um uh goose game on title goose game and that was sort of literally like a duck simulator type of thing um where you're just like annoying people and whatever uh, i guess my conclusion is i quite like those sorts of games and i i would like some more of them because i remember when i was playing goose game at the time and i was talking to you about it and i was like oh, i wonder if you could do anything similar with other other animals and i guess stray is going to kind of be the next version of that granted stray doesn't look like it's got sort of the goofy angle that the goose game's got but they they serve different things i suppose so um have you have you seen in this game at all I, I i saw the thing the gameplay thing come out but no one really talks about it so i don't remember anything about that so okay okay there's like a there's like a four minute gameplay thing on uh on youtube which got released a little while ago they did like an initial one minute announcement or whatever for it um but no i, I guess i want more games where i play as animals is, is what i'm saying so um but yeah, in the meantime, between when this, uh, between when Stray comes out, I'm gonna try and look for a, dog, I think it's called a Dog's Life or something. So, uh, the the copy of that game is probably in this house somewhere, uh, either there or at my sister's maybe. So, um, but yeah, um, the next one is uh, Saints Row. Saints Row is getting a reboot. Um, now we we saw bits and pieces of it. We saw like a little bit of a. Gameplay for it and stuff. I don't know if I'm sold on this yet. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the original Saints Row games at all, but this looks like a little bit more, a little bit more simplified. They kind of went a bit uh, crazy with um, Saints Row, like in especially in the later games. I never played much of them, but I did see some of them, and uh, they went completely off the rails. Uh, it's basically trying to be like GTA, but a sort of wacky version of that. Uh, did you see any of the Saints Row? Have you played Saints Row before? What's your What's your thought? I vaguely remember playing a little bit of it a long time ago, but nothing that really sticks out. Okay. Um, did you see any of the gameplay for this one? No, I haven't played that game in forever, so I'm not really that into it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I can't say right now if I'm like, yeah, I'm jumping onto that or not, because I'm really not very sure. So, uh, then we got another trailer for Horizon uh, Forbidden West, 18th of February 2020, so just after Valentine's Day. A lot of people said, like, oh, they've delayed it into 2022. I think they already delayed it to 2022, but they didn't uh, give us a month for uh, a date. Um, what did you, did you did you see the trailer for this at all? Nah, I didn't see it. Okay, are you interested in uh, this at all? Not really, no. Okay, did you, did you play the first one? I honestly don't remember. Okay, okay. So I, I think I remember you saying that you'd you played it. Um, I think I might have, but that's vaguely-ish. So okay, interesting. Uh, but no, that looks fairly good. Uh, game. I think we have both said that we liked. Uh, they showed a bit more of Sifu. Do you remember seeing? Yeah, that one. I'm definitely interested in. Yeah, yeah. They showed a bit more of it. Um. Admittedly, more of the same type of stuff, but that same type of stuff looks really cool. Um, animations look good. The fighting looks interesting. You can seems like you can do quite a few things. Like you can kick people back. You can throw people back. 
you can flip over people and stuff like that and just uh just looks like a really cool sort of fighting game uh i think that they said that did get, get delayed till uh 2022 um so you're excited for sifu yeah i'm definitely gonna wait for like the full trailer to come out on it but it's been a really long time since i've had an interesting fighting game and when i say interesting not like a street fighter or that kind of thing but something to where it's just like completely different than more like a um what was that one game that was set in hong kong that we both played oh sleeping dogs that's yes yeah sleeping dogs so Mm -hmm. it's annoying with sleeping dogs because one that deserved another game because I remember playing the DLC and it was just this weird like change and stuff for it. They they did this weird like ghost. I can't even remember what it was, but uh, they did some weird stuff with it. Um, but Sleeping Dogs seems to be one of them games where not a lot of people talk about it, but everyone that does talk about it really liked it. So sort of like a small dedicated uh, audience. Yeah, it, it does have like rings. It does ring a bell sort of with. Um, uh, like sleeping dogs and stuff so i can see the comparisons you're making there this seems a little bit more grounded maybe than sleeping dogs mm-hmm. um but uh, i i really liked both i really like the look of both those games anyway so yeah i don't think you're gonna get an achievement of beating for beating somebody to death with a fish in this game so <laughs> yeah yeah do you think you'd be able to hit somebody with a fish you, know you never know up? you never know yeah uh, see, that's why I, why I didn't really get on with the Yakuza games. Like, it looks like an interesting kind of story and the characters in the world. But as soon as you start like combining combos by smashing somebody over the head with a chair, <clears throat> I was like, I can't really quite take this seriously. Like, it was a bit of a sort of, I don't know, it just didn't fit. So, uh, have you played any more of uh, Like a Dragon? Uh, I need to get back into that in terms of try to get past that story part. Um, I haven't had a chance yet, really, so I might try that later. Cool, cool. <clears throat> uh, another game that was shown off, this is much more in my field than yours, uh, Call of Duty Vanguard. Uh, Laura Bailey's going to be playing one of the characters in this game. I forgot to write the character's name down, but uh, Laura Bailey's going to be in this game. Um, something about this game just doesn't look right to me. Uh, I, I can guess that Laura Bailey will do a very good performance. She obviously voiced uh, Abby in The Last of Us 2, did a fantastic job, won an award for it, which Jeff mentioned as well. Of course, he hosted the Game Awards, so of course he's going to mention that. But she did win an award for uh, Last of Us as, as Abby. Uh, she's a very, very good voice actress. There's no denying that. I just... I, I've come to the conclusion... I don't think Call of Duty fits World War II. Uh I really... And this isn't ever going to happen... I really, really want Call of Duty to just stick to modern warfare because the Black Ops stuff doesn't work anymore, the World War Two stuff doesn't work anymore, the Cold War stuff doesn't work for it. Um, and <clears throat> ju- judging from what I've seen other people say online, they just don't really want a World War Two game anyway, um, or at least some some people sort of don't, and I'm very much in that crowd. But I just think the theme and the like the setting, I suppose, and the weapons of Modern Warfare just fit Call of Duty a lot more. Um, so I don't know if, if you, I don't know if you got anything to add to to that. Like, if you think it fits it, or do you think it looked good, uh, COD Vanguard? Uh yeah. Again, I'm not into the shooter thing, so yeah. that's not really anything that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> but um. In terms of the actual gameplay itself, I get that it was a stealth section, so I know it's supposed to be slow, but I don't know, like the animation seemed a bit slow. 
Uh, the, the, the whole like atmosphere of it and the immersion of it seemed alright. I get what they were going for with that. Um, but again, I, I to, to kind of compare it to Modern Warfare, I just think that Call of Duty is best when it's fast-paced. And the gameplay with that particular part was really quite slow. So, but uh, anyway, uh, I did hear that there was some multiplayer footage that went around. Which multiplayer would be where you'd speed things up a lot more. I didn't see any of it. I'll try and look for some of it. Because uh, they mentioned during this presentation that they showed some more of the uh, the multiplayer. But I, I wasn't even aware that they did. Uh, so I'll have to go and look for that and see what it's like. But um, th this is a big no-go for me. I, I think I'm just, I think I'm probably just going to play Modern Warfare for another year. Um, hopefully they keep, I mean I don't see them switching like, the servers off. Because Modern Warfare is only from 2019. But um, I started wondering when, once we show more of Vanguard. You've got Modern Warfare to keep online, which they have kept adding weapons to, so it's not like they're trying to throw Modern Warfare in the bin. Uh, you've got Modern Warfare from 2019, you've got Black Ops Cold War from 2020, Call of Duty Vanguard from 2021, and you've got the Warzone mode, which uh, obviously they add the most to. So you've got four things to kind of juggle. Uh, and what's funny as well, once they revealed Vanguard, I went on to COD to play some Modern Warfare, and there's literally four different menus. Uh, like four different sort of sliders. One to pre-order uh, Vanguard. One to buy uh, Cold War. One to play Warzone. And then one for the uh, the Modern Warfare thing. So it's, it's it's getting a little busy. It's getting a little bit stuffed. And like how long do they keep Modern Warfare around? What do you do when there's another COD game next year? Um, my, my hope for that is that they keep the Modern Warfare game going and online. Until the next Modern Warfare game. Because if it's a case where like... New Modern Warfare game is out, I think, which would be next year when they rotate them again. I think when they go back to Modern Warfare, if it's sort of a case where it's like, okay, we're going to take the old one offline, because then by that point you'd have like five games or whatever, and we'll keep the new Modern Warfare, obviously, online, uh, that's when I'll probably switch to the next game. But in between them, as, lo as long as they keep Modern Warfare online, I'll just keep playing that one, I think. So that's uh, that's my plan going forward. Uh, although a lot of people are really, really interested in Battlefield, is it 2042, whatever it is, uh, that the new Battlefield that's coming out. A lot of people, including people that I play Modern Warfare with, have been like, hey, we might jump ship to uh, the new Battlefield. Plus, which is, you know, more Modern Warfare than anything that COD's doing. So, anyway. <clears throat> uh, that was most of the stuff from uh, from GamesCon. I do have some tweets to, uh, or some posts to read out as well. I've got pictures for those. Um, what did we have here? Oh yeah, I've got a thing to add in for um, Cyberpunk. I forgot that I took a screenshot of this earlier. So this this was from IGN for t from today, and it's a CD Projekt Red has hired several modders from the uh, Cyberpunk community to work on a number of projects related to the game. Uh, I think this could really help out Cyberpunk in the future, adding certain features back into the game or new features or whatever uh what do you make of that modders being yeah it definitely won't hurt i mean modern the modern community is known for taking games and then making them way better yeah so hopefully that'll be the case in this so mm -hmm. maybe they can add the train system back in <laughs> so mm -hmm. but that's i i just still continue to be amazed by that there are tracks in the sky that connect to buildings in the game and there are no carts running on them. And then when you go to the buildings. 
that are connected to these carts there's a bunch of unfinished buildings next to them and then you just get this little like machine for the fast travel it's it's very strange um but hopefully they can put that all back in or whatever so that was for that uh death stranding update we did actually see did you see the tra- uh, trailer thing for the um uh director's cut shown from gamescon uh i saw the one where they did like the big troll and had him jump in a box but that wasn't gamescom technically so no no i think that was from, that was from whatever event it was before that yeah yeah i think that was from a, a previous event uh so they showed a little bit of the um the new additions to the the uh director's cut and you can add like ramps and like parachute type things and you can like shoot your cargo off into the distance. I can't remember. Did you play Death Stranding? I I can't no. remember. No. Okay. Uh, I played it. I liked it. I reviewed it as well. So you can check that out if you'd like to. Uh, they look like fun additions. Oh, sorry about that. Um, yeah, they've added some parachute stuff, and you can like shoot your cargo off into the distance, and uh, things that work within the world of Death Stranding. And I could see myself using them if I uh, like hadn't played the game before. Uh, they did say they're adding some new missions because one of my kind of I don't know if you call it concerns, what you call it, whatever you want to, is like okay, you're adding some cool stuff in, like parachuting your cargo and all this other kind of very Kojima type of stuff, which was which was fun, which was really fun to see. Um, but my main concern was like, okay, you, are you going to give me something like new to do? And they did say that they would add new missions and stuff. Um, there is a mission that was added to this game, and it was the one that I think that you. Um, saw before in the trailer something that very much is a massive nod to metal gear uh like the the staging of the area the music the box that you can hide in and everything uh so i'm i'm looking forward to going back to that obviously that's for the director's cut so i won't be able to play any of that until i get a uh a ps5 uh do you have any interest in death stranding uh probably not i mean i might pick it up if it goes on like some crazy deep sale um just out of curiosity but that's about it so okay okay is it uh kind of your interest in kojima or is it just you didn't like the look of death stranding uh i just honestly it's it i just can't tell what that game is supposed to be about is the big (laughs) thing so it kind of is just about delivering cargo in a futuristic yeah sort of desperate world i guess so um because it's, it's funny when people were speculating after like the first or second trailer of like, hey, is this just a delivery game? And it kind of, kind of is what it is. But uh, I suppose it's about how you get to your location. And plus, you know, it, it's not just a delivery game. It's a delivery game made by Kojima. So you've just got that entire angle added to it as well. So, um, but uh, yeah, more stuff from him is uh, all good from me. So, but like I said, I'll have to wait to play that new stuff with the new additions. When I get to PS5. Um, what's the other thing we got here? Uh, an update from Naughty Dog. They did an interview with Game Informer. And I won't go through the whole thing. There's just some notes from this. Uh, so they did an interview with Game Informer from Naughty Dog. And it says about what they're working on. What they're looking at working on. And I don't know how they're going to quite manage all of this. But more games from Naughty Dog. My favourite developer. is is There's nothing bad about that. Uh, on existing versus new IP says you'll see both kinds of projects from us in the future so they are going to look to work on new games and um, uh, existing IP as well because of course you've got uh, well they did make obviously the original crash games but they can't make crash games because Activision own them 
Uh, so Last of Us, Uncharted, Jack and Dexter, possibly. Uh, those are some of the ones that you could look at uh, that they might work on. Obviously, they they posted this big multiplayer advert this week for like looking for jobs. So they're, they're very, very likely working on the factions too anyway. So in terms of games, that will probably be the next thing you see from Last of Us. Uh, which multiplayer in Last of Us? I don't know how well that worked for me, but it's Last of Us and it's Naughty Dog, so I'd you'd be incorrect if you thought I wasn't going to try it out because I, I I definitely will. So plus it seems like it's going to be a bit more of a bigger project than the original factions kind of thing. Cause I I do think it will be a separate kind of game. So um, would that interest you at all, like a multiplayer thing for for Last of Us? Because I know you weren't quite all into the story and things, but if if you change perspective to multiplayer, would that interest you? I vaguely remember there being a uh, multiplayer for the first one that was received very well. Yeah. Um, it just would kind of depend. Is it a free add-on? Is it something that uh, I'd have to pay to upgrade to? That's there. I mean, there's a lot of questions that I have to get answered. Hmm. Okay. My I don't know this, but my prediction is that it will be a separate, uh, maybe full priced game. Maybe it'll be like a forty dollar thing. But I don't see it. I don't see this being like a twenty dollar DLC for Last of Us Two. I I I, I don't really see that. So anyway, we'll find Wasn't out. Wasn't that supposed to be part of the initial game? I can't remember how it was included with the original game. I, I know that the, there was a Left Behind DLC, which was like a $10 short story, like backstory thing for Ellie. Uh, I can't remember how fact the original... I think it was just included with the game as like a bonus thing. Um, so, yeah. I think I think the servers are, st- are still online for that, because I see some streams pop up on YouTube now and again of people playing it so it, it, the servers must still be live but i i never really jumped into uh factions so and in terms of me jumping into that now i might as well just wait for the new one so uh it says on light uh, on lighter tone games because last of us is very much the opposite of lighter tone it's got it's funny uh human moments but it's very much a dark game on lighter tone games it says quote if we had ta- if we had endless resources and time so that's kind of a no on the more lighter toned games which gives a bit of a hint that they're not really working on Jack and Dexter although Jack and Dexter in the second and third games did get a bit more um, darker tone so I don't know it depends what they're working on Uh, so single player games are part of their DNA so yeah I'm not expecting them to start making like loads of live service games and making like an online Uncharted and online Last of Us and online Jack and Dexter I'd still very much expect them to stick to uh single player games so and then it says working with team to address crunch which is an issue for the studio to sort out so um but yeah they're sticking to single player games just a a question as well i know you're not really into the whole uncharted last of us thing uh you know obviously what type of games naughty dog makes is there a naughty Mm -hmm. dog game that they could make that would interest you so the same type of maybe game but something that might tailor more towards your interests that they could do I'd have to double check my library, but I'm about 80% sure that at some point the Nathan Drake games have been part of PS Plus. I think they have. And yeah. that they're part of my library. Um, so I you know, I might play them at some point. I don't dislike that series. I just never had a real chance to play it because I didn't get my PS4 until super late and I barely used my PS3. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would probably be something in that genre. Outside of that, it, I'd have to 
I have to know the specific games because I can't think of any off the top of my head. So okay, okay. So that was the update that we had from Naughty Dog. Uh, and then just a little thing I've got to add as well. Um, Suicide Squad, the upcoming game, Gotham Knights, will be shown at DC Fandom this October, which I think we all kind of expected. What's your interest level for those two, Suicide Squad and uh, Gotham Knights? I'll definitely watch the trailers after the fact. I don't know that I would actually game. Okay, fair enough. Uh, is there anything those games could do that would, like, Massively pull you in, I suppose. Uh, just impress me with a story. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't forget this Suicide Squad game is what subtitled killed. Is it Kill the Justice League? Which I'm not sure how the Suicide Squad does that, but it's. It, I mean, Superman alone. I don't know how the Suicide Squad kills Superman, let alone Batman and Wonder Woman and Flash, and it depends on the other characters that they choose. So, mm-hmm. uh, I have no idea how they're going to do that. So maybe it's a plot twist and they don't and the Justice League kill the Suicide Squad. Who knows? They are called the Suicide Squad, so who knows what might happen. Uh so there you go. Uh that's all of the news and stuff that I've got. How about you? What would you like to talk about this week? Uh well first up we've got a new updated ish model for the PS five. Uh YouTuber Austin Evans recently did a teardown of the new model designated PS five dash one one zero b uh which will be on store so- store shelves and then promptly uh, out of stock sometime soon uh according to the breakdown they did shed a little bit of weight uh this is for a digital only console which uh, came in at 7.8 pounds which is about two-thirds of a pound lighter than the 8.4 of the original model uh the testing didn't indicate that the weight has been mostly cut from a heat sink. And when he tested it running Astro's Playground, he found an increase of 4 or 5 degrees Celsius with the console hitting a high of 58 degrees. Um, in his breakdown, he says not to panic because he doesn't know what it's rated at and what it'll run through. Um, with that machine, he said that temperature is not that uncommon. Uh, CPUs in desktop machines can idle around 55 without even trying. So we'll just have to see if this is an improved version of the uh, digital version or if it's just a replacement because they had to swap out parts to get stock. Um, and we'll just go from there. Hmm. Yeah, I did see some stuff floating around about this um, uh, new model for the PS5 or like some sort of different model. I'm just wondering with supplies and stuff, because you're struggling to get uh, normal PS5s out into the wild how that's working with putting these new ones out there. Because um, I I look online and stuff and I can barely find PS5 still. So um, I was curious about how that was going to work. It's interesting as well because usually when we get into a new generation and then we get, what, three years into it, you usually get like a slim model of something. Like you had the Xbox One S, had the PS4. I think Slim and Pro came out at the same time, didn't they? Roughly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm kind of wondering, like, okay, we're almost a year already into this new gen life cycle. Um, once we get into what would it be, twenty twenty, let's say twenty twenty three ish, and like, how is the supply going to be then for PS Five and the Series X? And would it be a case where? during that time they're trying to design like slim models for them like the i assume they'd be called the ps5 slim or something 
Uh, it's interesting though with the um, Xbox Series S, almost if is kind of like a slimmer model anyway. Like they've, it's like Microsoft has always already kind of done that. Uh, but obviously with the PS5, which is what we're talking about here, uh, I I just wonder is it going to be like the same amount of time before we see like a slim model? Uh, and usually those are a little bit like cheaper than the original versions of PS5. So because uh, I'm kind of wondering as well now that we've me and you have kind of already already waited almost a year like is it worth us waiting another two years or so and then buying a slimmer model for let less money than what a ps5 is now what do you uh what do you think of that uh that's hard telling i mean that's going to be one of those things that what's the stock going to be like are there going to be any special models like with what microsoft announced with with the halo infinite series x which looks amazing by the way um playstation's not really known for doing that outside of when they did the 20th anniversary or 30th anniversary for the PS4 model, and then they did that one uh, Spider-Man PS4 model. Uh, that's about rarely when they kind of do things like that. So, hmm. Yeah. So, um, Let's say Microsoft does come out with a slim model, like an Xbox. I don't even know what they would call it at this point. Uh, do you think it would be another tower or like a shortened tower or I wonder what that would look like like if you if you look at the Xbox Series X how do you make a slim model of like a tower do you make the tower slimmer <laughs> I don't know that you could uh, more than likely they me? would just revamp the Series S yeah that that type of because that's the one yeah. that you could improve on the 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 one the Series X that's very meticulously designed and they have to completely redesign the casing and the cool down and the motherboard and the fan and all that other stuff. Mm. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, but uh, is, are you, what are you kind of thinking in terms of like, should you wait for like a slim PS5? Where are you kind of sitting with that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, technically the, the digital is the slim version. Um, I don't know that they're going to get that any smaller. Aren't they the same size, just with the disc thing, the disc thing uh, removed? They almost look yeah. like the same size. So yeah, that's basically it. Mm. Yeah. So um, it's annoying because obviously with like the boomerang stuff, I'd need a disc version. Every now and then, when I'm looking at PS5s, I'll be like, "Oh, that version's a slight bit cheaper." Oh, it's a digital version. That's why. <laughs> so I get uh, disappointed by that. So. Um, so yeah, uh, there, there was also uh, there was a listing I came across on eBay the other day, and it was like really quite cheap. I think it was like two hundred pounds or something. I was like, wait a minute, why is this so cheap? And um, like I clicked on it and it, it looked it looked like it looked like it was just a picture of the like um the uh, the box for it. And I was like, hang on, is there actually a peer, like what's going on here? Is there a PS Five or like, because there wasn't actually a photo in the listing of a of a PS5 itself, so I was like, hmm, that one seems a, a bit weird. But uh, anyway, I'm gonna carry on looking until I find something that's that's good enough. So uh, there we go with that. Uh, what else you want to talk about today? Well, speaking of Xbox, the Microsoft is now the official uh, partner of England Football. Microsoft has reached a multi-year deal to be the official gaming partner of England's. National Football League, the deal which the terms were not disclosed, makes Xbox the official partner for England's men, for England's men and women's teams, along with E-Line Esports team and Wembley Stadium itself. 
Additionally, Microsoft said in a news release that it is working with the Football Association on a grassroots gaming campaign to help create, quote, exciting experiences for football and game fan across the nation. Uh, the first stage of this partnership with the Football Association kicks off with uh, new messaging. Uh, when everybody plays, we all win. Microsoft and the FA said that they have a shared vision uh, for play, both in digital worlds and the real life. Um, you're more into the footballer scene than I am, so what do you think about this? Hmm. Interesting. Interesting today, considering the uh, well, as of 25 minutes ago, the transfer deadline is closed, and uh, we didn't buy all the players that we needed. Basically, um, I was going to make a joke about like, can they buy us a central defensive midfielder? Because Fred can't do that job properly. <laughs> but um, but uh, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how that kind of works out with with certain things. Uh, it's interesting as well because I've come across a couple of times on FIFA. Uh, there's two teams of notes that don't have the proper um, uh, license things. Like the, the Belgium kit uh, doesn't. I'm sure it doesn't have the proper badge. And then Juventus uh, for this game, no, for, for for 19, 20, and 21 for all the Fifas. I think it was from 19. Juventus were called like Pierman Salco or something, which I, I haven't looked up what that actually means. Maybe that means something in in Italian. Uh, but they've got like different kits and stuff. So uh, FIFA hasn't got like all of like every single license. Uh, there was a story, um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, that the football manager game, which I, I don't play, uh, they lost the Man United license. So um, I don't know. But yeah, we'll see how this uh, this works out and what this kind of uh, affects and everything. But um, yeah, any any thoughts yourself? Uh, no, not really. I mean, Microsoft is just doing what companies do, and they just put their name on something, so... Mm. Yeah. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, Alright, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, we do have an interesting bit of old drama update. Uh, for those of you who remember last year, uh, Guy Beam, a.k.a. Dr. Disrespect, was summarily shit-canned off of Twitch with absolutely no rhyme or reason whatsoever. Um... Their initial statement was unsurprisingly vague. Uh, quote, as it is our process, we take appropriate actions when we have evidence that a streamer has acted in violation of our community guidelines or terms of service. Uh, they did not clarify as to what this exactly was. Um, Dr. Disrespect himself at the time did not offer up any clues as to why he was banned. He would just went on uh, with his gaming career, but then said at some point uh, that his anxiety levels were sometimes through the roof and came in in huge waves. Uh, we do have an update now coming from his YouTube stream as of August 23rd, where he did officially say that he knows, quote, why he was kicked off the platform and I plan on suing the fuck out of them. So if this gets to discovery, that's when things will get interesting because then we'll, everything will come out. If this gets settled out of court, which I don't know, but I strongly suspect that it will, um, we're probably not going to know anything just because if it was some, and this is just strictly my, you know, you know, theorizing and trying to work things out logically. If it was something salacious, something that he didn't want known, he would not sue because this would get known. Mm -hmm. If this is something that Twitch doesn't want known, they'll settle. Anything past that, it'll just be interesting to see how and where it goes in the courts in terms of 
who you know tries to block this, who tries to dismiss that, you know things and whatnot. So, mm. um, yeah, yeah. The whole is it? I always forget. Is it DMCA? DCMA? DMCA, DMCA, Digital Millennial Copyright Act. Yeah, that whole thing. Um, with that and like copyright strikes and the way that Twitch can ban people and you get copyright strikes on YouTube videos and that kind of stuff, it can be very finicky and very stupid. At and times. very erratic as well. We very talked about erratic. That yeah. On a previous podcast, I think I described Twitch's suspension policy as throwing twelve footballs out of a helicopter and then putting 12 goals around it and claiming you'd scored 12 goals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Cause I, I, have, I, I follow a couple YouTube channels. Um, one is called streamers reloaded. If you're generally curious about that, you know, I've seen streamers that have gone like full nude, like basically a doctor's exam, full nude, and then get like a day ban. And then other streamers that just talk about upcoming no, no words, before those even go into effect and then get like a week ban. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, so um but uh no it can be it can be weird. I remember watching one of uh Tyra Magnus's one of his like rage reaction videos, which is where he reacts to um gamers that rage, which I find hilarious. Uh, as well, just because people get so angry and they break stuff, but none of that stuff is mine. Um yep. and uh there was like some, there was like a music bit or something, and because um, sometimes he he apologizes to reviewers and says like, hey, sometimes I've just got to mute the video at certain points. Like I've just got to mute what's what's going on. Uh, and he said that one time he got like three seconds of music claimed, <clears throat> and it blocked the video or something. Like three seconds of music is just that's nothing. Like that's just that's basically just a beat. Um, but, like, the video, I can't remember if it got taken down or if the video got blocked or what happened, but, uh, he said that there was, like, trouble with it or something, so, um, and he takes, like, photos and screenshots of the copyright strikes that he gets just to kind of prove, um, like, what's going on and whatever, and, uh, yeah, some of, some of it is pretty ridiculous, so we'll see what this whole Dr. Disrespect thing is all about, but, um, I still can't think of what it would have been that uh they did i mean you're allowed to like swear and stuff on twitch so to a point yeah um i mean there's a lot of different things that are kind of big nose and then kind of small nose um it's not like the guy's a saint i mean he did get that one band and i don't even blame him for it he at, at most he should have just told the dude to go back but he was live streaming for some convention and he went into a bathroom and the guy that had the camera went in the bathroom with him. It's not like he was holding the camera filming it. He was being filmed and someone went into the bathroom, which is a huge privacy violation. And he got like a either a three day or a seven day ban because of that, which I can understand because it was his channel and ultimately he's responsible for. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like he was physically holding the camera. Yeah. So that's like, that's like literally the most illegal place that you could have a camera. Is, uh, uh... No, but it's, it's up there in like the top 10. What, what would some of the others be? Um, any classified military building. Right. Take your pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, a bathroom is like, um, you know, pretty Pentagon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of public places that the public could go, yeah, it'd be like top three or four. Um, but yeah, in terms of like generals, like any place where they discuss government classified secrets would obviously be a no, no, but, uh, yeah, any place anybody could get to, that would be top five easy. So, 
you walk into like House of Commons or the White House, hey, I'm streaming on Twitch. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Yeah. Well, up until the last election, the White House was actually a public building and they, they did daily tours. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, but uh, then you'd see... Uh, have, you, have you seen Boris Johnson before? On the TV, not in person anyway. I've never been to England. Mm. No, and I've never I mean. been that's anywhere I mean. have where you he's seen been... him like on TV and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. He uh, he's often noted for somebody that doesn't uh, doesn't sort his hair out very much, which I'm guessing is probably you probably saw the same thing. He just doesn't like yeah. like a lot of people have been like, okay, does this guy run a comb through his hair? Because and it's it's the way he literally kind of walks out from buildings onto like a podium thing and starts talking, and it's like. What are you doing? <laughs> like you're, on, do you know you're on camera, sort of thing. So anyway, uh, but yeah, we'll find out what this, what this was about. Um, so, uh, or see what happens with all this. So anyway, um, all right. What else do you want to talk about today? Oh well, the last thing I have to talk about, and I always try to find something goofy or weird or fun. Hopefully, you know, some combination thereof. Mm-hmm. Um, a recent uh, Twitter user and uh, white hat hacker who goes by at ZUX0X3A, discovered a Windows 10 security bug with the most least likely way that you could hack something. Uh, I know you don't like playing these games, but just as a guess, try to give an idea of what um, you're using to get a hack in. To hack what, sorry? To, to guess what? Windows 10. What would I use to hack Windows 10? Now, what would be the most unlikely thing that you could think of that would be a direct hack, not like whatever you input or whatever? Just imagine a, like a physical device that you attach to a computer and that immediately creates a security flaw. Think of the most unlikely thing. Joy-Cons, no. <laughs> um, what, would I like, what would I not use for that? Um... I mean, usually if you're trying to hack into something, you're probably on a phone or a laptop, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say the Switch as a joke answer, but that's obviously, like, ridiculous. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like a... I don't know. Like an old Nokia phone or something. <laughs> like, that wouldn't be able to that wouldn't be able to do much. Um, I was, I was going to say drone, but then who knows what you can do with drones these days. So, uh, but what is what is the answer? A mouse. Actually, you were pretty close with the Joy-Cons. Mm. Um, he discovered that wow. if you okay. uh, plug in a dongle for a Steel Series headset, mouse, or keyboard, that when the Windows 10 recognizes the device, it allows you to give it, lo- it allows you to take full admin rights on that Windows 10 PC. Uh, theoretically, someone could just go into like any workplace when nobody's around, but there's a a machine active plug in a dongle for the mouse install whatever kind of hackware you want and then gain full system admin privileges that could really wreak havoc mm. initially he thought that it was something with the weird way that the razor or steel series interacts with Windows 10 but with his further testing he uh, discovered that this is actually a windows issue that it can't distinguish between hardware drivers something that generally don't need admin permissions and peripheral software, which does. Um, he reported that to Microsoft, and obviously they're going to do their due diligence. Um, I don't know if Microsoft has any kind of like bug report. I, I'm like 80% sure they do have like some bonus they give out for bug reports. Because remember we talked about that one time with uh, with uh, GTA 
five, I think it was, where some guy just did like a random mod and figured out a way for it to load like seventy percent faster. And he shipped that. that. He yeah. sent yeah, he sent that off to uh, Rockstar, and they gave him like a ten thousand dollar discovery fee for that. So mm-hmm. hopefully they'll get that patched up. As someone who works in IT and has had to deal with a a few Microsoft security things over the last couple three weeks, this is just one more thing that I'm just like shaking my head at. Mm. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a strange one. Um, yep, but we live in a very particular time. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we do. We live in class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of things going on in the world at the moment. So, um, but yeah, I guess that could be forwarded to Ubisoft for an idea for Watch Dogs Four, um, if or DLC or something. So, um, mm-hmm. whatever. I did see that they added um, like an Assassin's Creed outfit to Watch Dogs, or or something. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> but um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, anything you want to say about it? About this? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I'm glad this is something that got found with the intent of fixing it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's there's two types of hackers. There's the benevolent, where they just want to fix problems, and then the malicious, where they was you know want to watch the world burn. And obviously, this is one from the former rather than the latter, so that's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. What else do you want to talk about? That's all I had. No worries. Uh, we have a couple of emails this week. If you would like to write in, let us know what you think about anything that we've said, or if you'd like to say anything about uh, video games at all, or anything related to Entertainment Talk. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's contact page and information in your show notes. Harrison returns and says, Hey lads, uh, what do you think will be Game of the Year, and what is your personal choice for Game of the Year? Uh, my personal choice at the moment is Oddworld Soulstorm. Um, it's funny when I look back at that game and realise that it added the most basic mechanics to that world. But what those mechanics did to that world and that character pushed that game so far beyond the originals. And that's no disrespect to the original games. It's just like all, all you added was the ability to for Abe to use more things and loot and craft stuff. But it made so much sense within the world that, like, yeah, there would be lockers and bins and that sort of stuff within this world. Abe could look in there and find, like, uh, rubber bands and all all this other kind of, like, batteries and all this other kind of stuff. And he'd be able to make things from that. Uh, And the gameplay that that led to was fantastic. Like, when you eventually were able to get a flamethrower. That was really cool. So that's, uh, that's probably next to Little Nightmares 2 for me at the moment. Uh, how about you? What's your game of the year so far? Uh, I'd have to uh, go with Valheim as my game of the year, just because one that game came out of absolute nowhere. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah. Blew up completely. Uh, two, if you look at the developer, they've had um, some solid games. Obviously, um, they developed uh, the Goat Simulator game. Um, anybody that's played uh, Deep Rock Galactic, that's the same developer. Uh, I know a lot of people are playing Satisfactory, which is another one of their titles. So they've had some good hits, but nothing that you know sold six million in six weeks. Um, and it's a very solid game, very obviously in early beta. Um, as for of hey, let's do it, but do it a little bit different. Um, there's a game out called Goose Goose Duck. It's actually free on the Steam Store. It's basically Among Us, but with geese. Huh. 
and but all like the the task mechanics are completely different all the you know the everything is like very comical it's very uh benny hillish tongue-in-cheek kind of monty python mm-hmm. in terms of just being you know let's just run with the goofy um that's that was a fun game i played that a lot on uh, mel stream a couple weeks ago before i moved um i'm still open for something in the last you know three months of this year to just completely blow my doors off i um, mean we do have some games coming out that could possibly do it we'll just have to see what flies and what falls hmm. yeah yeah it's been a bit a bit of a different year for games obviously with covid delaying things and all that kind of stuff so um but uh but yeah that, those would be kind of some of my choices um i'd put cyberpunk up there i mean technically it's a 2020 game but it came out right at the end of last year so um but i would put that lower in my list but still somewhere in my list because i still did really enjoy it quite a lot so um what do i think will win game of the year Uh, in terms of that i think that we should wait until the rest of the games are out um i don't know what has the there's no sort of like last of us or ghost of tsushima or hades really sort of sticking out um I can't really think of a game that sticks out that everyone would be like, yeah, this would be contender for game of the year. Um, yeah, I'm going I, through the the projected game releases right now to see if there's anything that's going to jump out at me. Um, possibly the next one in the next uh, Dark Pictures anthology, anthology, House of Ashes. I haven't played those games, but I know uh, people are huge fans of them. Uh, Age of Empire 4 comes out at the end of October. Or that'll be a big... PC release only, obviously. Uh, Forza 5, if it comes out before the end of the year, that'll be a big one. Hmm. Yeah. There's just no games that are really sticking out in my mind. Um, uh, the only one that might be like the biggest one, if it comes out this year, would have to be Halo Infinite. I mean, it's going to get, regardless if it's good or bad, it's going to be in the talks. Hmm. Yeah. Just because it's Halo. Hmm. I'm wondering... I don't. I don't think it'll be a game of the year contender. I'm wondering what the reception of Far Cry Six will be like. Uh, That'll people, be interesting. People seem to be excited for it. I feel like most of that reason is because of Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, absolutely. Um, which is a great thing to be excited for. I just don't know about the rest of the game. Um, well, the whole Far Cry series, at least from what I remember from three on, it's always been about the villain. That's always been the most interesting characters. You go to uh, Far Cry 4 with Pen, I think his name is. Unfortunately, you don't get a whole lot of like on-screen that time with the Troy character. Baker one. Yeah, they sort of hid yeah. him for most of the game. Or you heard yeah. him over like the radio talking to you, which was a bit... Yeah. Eh. But it was always a very interesting banter. He always was like in the forefront in terms of you know, kind of mocking you and that kind of thing. But that always made him an interesting character. Very uh, dynamic. And obviously, uh, Giancarlo Esposito's an amazing actor, got a, a very impressive, you know, resume. I think he could like absolutely crush this mm. as an acting debut in video games. I think it's his acting debut in video games. I don't know that he's been in a show that would have had a video game adaptation. Mm. Yeah, the, the other one that's sticking out to me quite a bit is I I I think the reason I forgot it is because I haven't played it yet. It's Ratchet and Clank. Um, which I've seen a bunch of. I've watched Kadikaris play some of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that looks really, really good. That might be one that sticks out quite a lot. 
Um, but I can't tell you how good it is because well, I can tell you how good it looks, but I can't tell you how good it plays because I haven't played it. So um, that's the one game that's really niggling away at me. Of like, I really would like to play that, but I literally can't right now because I don't have a PS5. So um, I, I'd like to see that as a contender for the game of the year. So uh, let's move on from that. Uh, Hannah says, uh, "What do you think?" Uh, do, sorry, do you think uh, women are unfairly treated in games? Not necessarily the characters, but just women in gaming. I'm bringing this bringing this up because of the exposure with the Blizzard situation. Uh, oh, they're absolutely unfairly treated. Not in every single situation, um, but in in a large section of not just the gaming industry, but in the world, <laughs> I suppose. Uh, I think women are are certainly unfairly treated that's that's literally where like you know sexism comes from which is people that don't get on with don't get on with or don't like women or don't want women to do certain things for whatever reason but uh yeah the blizzard situation has definitely highlighted that we heard about the whole like frat boy attitude thing or whatever it was um i i certainly think that's uh it's still a big problem it's not one that you're going to completely solve for the whole world um but uh, it's I I think in terms of the media that we can control a bit more and where there's a reasonable amount of control, that can certainly be improved a lot more. Definitely. Uh, what what do you think? I think something like that. It's way too easy with painting with a giant white brush. Obviously, the Blizzard thing is what it is. Allegedly, those are still just allegations. They've yet to prove anything on any level. Um, there's no evidence been in uh admitted to a court that i know of um there's been no ruling from any kind of a judge is it still in the investigation stage obviously i'm not gonna say oh there's nothing there i'm gonna let the due process just do its due process outside of that that that's just too specific of a case-by-case basis it's one of those things that okay which company is it when did it happen where did it happen what was done in response to it. There's just, there's so many not answered questions in a statement like that, that I don't like trying to make a generalized answer for. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you mean. So, um, but one, one of the, one of the ways I try to control that situation a little bit is if I'm, pl- cause I play COD with a fair amount of women. I would say it's maybe like a 40, 60 split actually. Uh, 40% women and about 60% guys. Although sometimes I've come across teams that are half like women or whatever. So it's a bit more balanced in that way. And you'll hear people say like, oh, you know, get to the kitchen, make me a sandwich, that sort of stuff. Or like, oh, what are you doing on here, gamer girl and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, shut up. You know, I try to just tell them different, different things and that. Um... Or, or, or it's it, it's great sometimes when like the woman that's getting like the abuse or whatever kills in the game, obviously the person that's doing it to them, or like they beat the other team, and that's a good way to kind of shut them up and stuff. Um, so uh, it's it's all, I mean you know comes down to uh, whether or not you can beat the other team or whatever the situation is, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I've played with women in certain situations where, like, the women on my team were getting, like, the, the stick or the abuse or whatever, and we'd go and beat the team, like, we'd win the game, and then the other the other team, because, like I said, I play Cyber Attack, and it's um, first to five, 
And, uh, you know, when it gets to 3-0, 4-0, the other team starts to get quieter and quieter because they realise that they're losing. They start to come away with less sort of of their, their abuse that they're throwing or whatever. And that that's, that's, as good, that's a good situation that I can control because I'm playing the game and I'm talking to the other people uh, where you can fight back a little bit with that uh, type of situation. Um, and it, it feels good to win those, those situations as well. Um, just where like you're trying to like speak back to the other team, and then they realise they're losing the game, so they can't say anything, and then uh, you you beat them in that way. So that's at least a little bit of a win, I suppose. So, um, and it's it's interesting because I've come across more nicer women on COD than I have nice guys. Um, I mean, even if it's a guy to guy situation, that like some guys just aren't really I mean some guys are really really nice on, on the game and everything but there's certainly more of a ratio where the the women on the game are nicer than what the guys are so I I, th- I think that speaks for something as well so uh, any any thoughts on that? Well anything in that specific realm that's obviously a very specific incidence you know for guys that you know say make me a sandwich or anything like that they're just idiots trying to be funny who don't yeah, know how to be yeah. funny and as a wise man once said, you can't fix stupid. Um, the other thing is, is that while I, I generally don't play, you know, multiplayer games for that exact reason, I guarantee you, while they might be amping it up because there's a woman on the other team, they're saying just as horrible stuff. If it's an all guy team, they're not limiting their stupidity to gender. They're not limiting their hate to gender. They might amp it up, you know, a couple notches because they can, because they have that anonymity to hide behind. Um, but they're saying that stuff to everybody. Mm. Yeah. Again, it's a bit more balanced, literally, on who's winning and who's losing the game as well. So um, you, you've got that to kind of consider. Uh, Move on from that. Jason says, uh, "What do you want to see more in games? I think there have been too many open world games in the last few years that have led to micro microtransaction worlds, like what happened with Assassin's Creed. Uh, I think what he means by that is is games where uh, Assassin's Creed is a good example of where the game gets a little bit more grindy, just a little bit too grindy." And you get those XP boosters that come in to, to, to the situation. And it's like, hey, if you just give us like a couple of dollars, a couple of quid, whatever, you can you can boost that a little bit quicker. Uh, and I, I really think that's quite uh, an egregious thing to put in the game. Uh, yeah, I, I, even me myself, I used to really like open world games quite a bit. Uh, there is too many of them. There's, there's too much emphasis, I think, at the moment on... Like how can can we make a bigger the biggest sprawling world possible? And obviously, I just came away from an open world game, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and that was a massive you know open world game and everything. But when when I hear things like oh our open world for this game is bigger than Red Dead Redemption two or bigger than GTA and hey the the game that we made last time our map is much bigger this time, and it's like okay is that gonna make your game better or is it just gonna make it like more bloated and and bigger uh so there's there's a there's a certain balance to that um but yeah what do you think of like maybe open world fatigue and that kind of stuff oh there's definitely open world fatigue we talked about it earlier in the podcast when i was talking about breath of the wild 
But if you ever need an example of the fact that, one, there is open world fatigue, and two, open world is not going anywhere, let's just talk about the fact that they're re-releasing Skyrim yet a frickin' again. Yeah, they are. There's going to be another edition coming out for that. PS5. And I've tried to play that game several times. I recognize how good it is. It's just that once you, you know, kill the dragon, learn the dragon shout, and then finish that quest line, you've got fuck all direction to go through on anything. You know, then you can become a werewolf and do the werewolf quest, and you can become a vampire and do the vampire quest, and you can literally spend 500 hours doing not main storyline quests. Mm. I'm actually curious if there's a if there's a specific achievement slash trophy tied to finishing the main quest line and what percentage of people have actually got it. Mm. I'd be willing to bet it's less than 10%. Yeah, yeah. And when you keep hearing stats like, oh, you know, people aren't finishing single-player games, it probably is things like that as well. Um, like if you start playing one of the re- recent Assassin's Creed and you're like, this is bloated and big and you're not getting through it, you're just going to end up quitting the game, I suppose, which brings that statistic down um, a lot more of people that are finishing single-player games. Because there was a narrative a few years ago of like, oh, live service games and Battle Royale games are better or bigger or people are playing them more than single player games because people aren't finishing single player games i think it's because some single player games just got a bit too ambitious and a bit too big uh and that kind of stuff so yeah i said the exact same thing with valhalla there was three or four things they could have easily cut out of that game that didn't involve the main story didn't involve any kind of game mechanics that was just there to be filler that they could have just easily gotten rid of. Mm. Um, and that game, I finished the storyline because I was generally curious about the storyline, but I probably only finished like 30% of the game. Yeah, that's that's one thing I hate as well. I mentioned it on my um, Immortals stream because it started level-gating me a bit. Well, not really specifically level-gating me, but started hint- hinting at like, hey, you're going to struggle against this enemy a bit. And I got nervous as to like okay if this game is doing this to me now what's it going to be like later it's it's almost like block trying to block you from progression in a way of like yeah you, you could get through this level but you're going to really really struggle to so go away for five hours and level yourself up or six hours or whatever just to just to push a bar up so that your character can be stronger and then come back in six hours and then do this a uh, bit of the the story that that's that's something I want to see a lot, or not something I want to see less. Something I want to see cut out of games is uh, level gating. I understand it in a live service game, like if you've got um, uh, like let's say you've got like a boss that you're leading up to, like an like a end game sort of thing, and you've got other missions that you can do, but it, none of it's like none of it's blocking you from progressing a story. That's okay to do it there, and that's where leveling up there's more there's a better emphasis of of, in leveling up with live service games because like you're teaming up with your friends and you're grinding and you're doing missions whereas with a single player game where there's actually like there's a story to follow instead of pausing that story for six hours and going and leveling up just let me continue with the story that you made because that's the thing that i want to do so uh do do you agree with that like the the whole level gating thing yeah level gating obviously is just going to kill any game at some point at some time. Uh, it's one of those things that you're just running out of things to do. Mm. Um, yeah, I was just looking up uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, Playtime, 
four days, three hours, thirty-eight minutes. Uh, forty-four. Four, four days. Four hundred and forty. Yeah, four days, three hours, thirty-eight minutes. Four hundred and forty of fifteen hundred and ten achievement points. That's counting all the DLC. Hmm. It's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, I mean, I've got like quite a few days on Modern Warfare now, but one, I've been playing that game for almost two years, and two, it's a game where you just you, know, you go in with your friends and you play endless amounts of rounds of games. And like, if you want the story from COD, you go to the campaign and you finish it in like five or six hours. So that's again a different situation. So uh, that's what we got for you for this episode. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Um, Robert's good to have you back this week and everything like that. Um, you you'll be all good for from mm-hmm. from now on and stuff. I know that you said that like you kind of had the temporary accommodation all, and all that, but uh, all good. Yeah, but it'll like... be about like another year or so. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. So uh, all good on that front. Um, thank you very much for listening. If you want to find all the other content that we've got, it's on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcast. Just want to tease a couple of things as well. Uh, I was talking to a few Man United fans today because uh, it's transfer deadline day and I was getting very involved. This Thursday, um, I am doing a, a transfer wrap-up podcast to talk about what happened on deadline day and everything. And I... Uh, what's happened to my voice? And I um, should have a guest for that episode on Thursday. But I uh, don't know if it will definitely, definitely happen. But uh, we've already arranged a kind of time to do it and stuff. It just hopeful if... Uh, things line up that way and uh, for the chat podcast for next month which it's next month tomorrow um i'm hoping to have a guest as well that i talked to on facebook um about certain just things and that so i don't know if all those things will exactly line up but uh we'll see what happens with that but i do it might not seem like i try to but i do try to speak to other people and get other guests and stuff i don't just try to churn out the same content um, but some people don't quite realise how hard it is to arrange to record things with people, uh, especially if you've got like different time zones. Obviously, me and Robert are in different time zones, that kind of thing. Um, we got to a, an arrangement eventually on when we record. But even if someone's in the same time zone as you, they might have a different life, a different work schedule, and it's you know when you're making a podcast with somebody, you've got to be available at the exact same time. So uh, I do try to do some of that stuff and speak to other people. Um, so yeah, any any thoughts on like guests and stuff? It is uh, it is diff- more difficult to arrange than what people might realize. So yeah, I, when I did those two interviews for upcoming streamers with uh, Kira and Melody, I actually asked seven people, and they were the only two that said yes. Uh, two weren't interested. Uh, two never replied, and the rest just said, "I just want to keep my private life private." And I was like, "Okay, I can respect that." Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I actually reached out to David over at uh, Geek Town and asked if he could get in contact with the lady that did all the musical scoring for Loki because some of that stuff was just hauntingly beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you want to interview that person? Uh, yeah, I wanted him to interview her because if you um, heard some of the scores in that show, they were just, like, stunning. Hmm. Yeah. And he does tend to interview, like, production people and musicians for shows and things like that versus actors actresses you know producers although that he does occasionally do that but he tends to get more of the the people that don't get as much face time as they probably should mm, so yeah 
but yeah, it's not easy getting guests and things. I mean, I've got, I will say, I think I've got quite lucky with you and Robert. I know we've done things with uh, Bex and Gray before as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 not usually a thing of like a lack of the person's interest to join me. It's usually just trying to line it up on the day and at the time. So, uh, so yeah, but anyway. Uh, that's uh, teasing all that for the future and stuff, so we'll see how all that stuff goes. Um, if you want to find the content, like I said, entertainmenttalk.org, uh, podcast platform, search for Entertainment Talk, TV, video games, films, Manchester United Podcast, look for all that. Uh, the interesting thing about Thursday as well, if we do the podcast, I'm somebody who wants the manager sacked, and the person I'm talking to is somebody that doesn't want the manager sacked, which, you know, we can agree and disagree about those things, but that should make uh, hopefully an interesting debate as well. So and you wouldn't want everybody to agree on everything, then it's just boring. Mm, yeah, definitely. So uh look out for that hopefully in the future. Um but you can find all that stuff there. If you want to support the podcast and entertainment talk, you can either either just listen to more episodes that we've done, or you can tell people that you know about the content that we've got, tell them about the website and where to find us on podcast platforms, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Facebook groups, whatever you'd like to do, sharing them around, you know how that stuff works. So you can do that as well if you'd like to. Patreon, $1, $3 level tiers, ad-free podcast review options. Check that out as well if you'd like to for all of that. Uh, David, speaking of David as well, you can find him over on geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio. Uh, Geektown Radio did get posted earlier today, so go and have a listen to that. I don't even know who's on the episode, but uh, I'll, I'll check that out in uh, in a little bit. Um, it's not me. I know that because I didn't record it in this week. But uh, um, check that out as well. That's Geektown Radio, geektown.co.uk for your TV and your film news uh, for all that stuff. Um, Bex is still streaming daily uh, pretty much over on Twitch, Trista Bites, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. Uh, big congratulations to her. She did make Twitch partner recently. So uh, she very much deserves it. Uh, one, one of the, not uh, even outside of content creation, one of the most hardworking people that I know. And uh, one of the most positive as well. So go and check out all of her work. Twitch, Trista Bites, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. And if you want to follow me on Twitch as well, you can do that, UK on Twitch. And if you want to see the ending that I got for Cyberpunk, or the other streams, or The Last of Us stuff, or anything else, uh, YouTube is up to date with the uh, streams as well. That's uh, YouTube. Um, so entertainment talk plays on YouTube you can find that as well thanks for listening and we will see you next time goodbye goodbye